Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt, you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1GKURT. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Please keep sharing the podcast as we get to the official halfway point of the Big Ten season. This is the Week 7 Eyes on Big Podcast, Week 7 Big Ten schedule, obviously. Uh, This week, again, only five games, uh, but in this case, only nine Big Ten teams in action. Uh, Yeah, it's got to be a a close to a low for the the 14-team conference, right? Only nine teams in action? Nine teams in action. During the season? During during the season, season. With only, if I'm doing my math correct here, one ranked team playing this week. Wow. That, so, that's crazy considering how many ranked teams there are. That's It's tough that that many are sitting out, but two, two wait, Yeah, teams, we got Michigan State. Teams. We got Iowa. We got two. two. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, so this week, uh, five teams are idle. There still is just like I have my college football fantasy league that I'm in. Oh, okay. And in, in that too, like, first of all, three fourths of my team is idle, but they listed as buy on the, of course, it's just wrong. I don't get it. It is wrong. It, it frustrates you more than me, but I get it. Uh, speaking of fantasy, I, I just, I usually do one fantasy football league, NFL fantasy football league every year. I'm usually really good at it. I'm usually horrible at drafting, okay. but I'm great at free agency. Okay? okay. All right. So every time I have a crap team that I draft, and then I just, I usually start out poor and I get better as the season goes on, squeak in the playoffs, and then oftentimes run through the playoffs and win. This year, I couldn't be present for the draft, so I auto drafted. I'm like, hey, look at my team. Pretty good. Yeah. Terrible. Mm-hmm. I am awful. Just can't do it. Have not won a game. It's like uh, Iowa and Michigan State when they recruited really good players. They took a downturn afterwards. Correct. That's kind of how That's you are. That's me. You got you to gotta avoid that shit. Um, yeah, so five idle teams this week in alphabetical order. Illinois, I think they deserved an idle week this week. Probably oh, they've earned it. To take, take a week off. The Maryland Terrapins, I think they need to heal up and probably relook yeah. at a few things offensively. Michigan, they they went in hot, uh, but they went in healthy. Good for them. Same could be said about Ohio State. Penn State, also idle this week, uh, but their fans are not idle on Twitter. <laughs> they are still not idle. very, very active there. <laughs> so, um, And I don't know. I just figured we'd give uh, another shout-out to Trey Potts. I mean, uh, uh, PJ Flex said in their weekly conference this week, confirmed that he is definitely out for the year, kind of intimated that they're hoping he can come back to football. It's a mysterious injury. We still don't know what's going on. Well, injury I, slash illness. We don't have any idea what internal it is. something going yeah. on, whatever. We just hope he's going to wind up being okay. Um, as far as the topical, non topical thing to talk about before we get into the games this week, um, probably be a little bit quicker podcast because of, you know, the games we have not as many to talk about, but we have all enjoyed the upsets that have happened so far this year. Yep. Been a, been a blast. Like again, Alabama getting beat. Um, I mean, you know, I hope this doesn't besmirch my own football program, but when I was second place and it's the middle of October, something's up, you know, it's a, it's a unique year. Sure. So it's been a blast. I, I definitely think we can keep the feeling going of we, we don't know what to expect, but in the end, I mean, it was a USA today bull projection and my first gut reaction at this bull projection was to get upset. And then I thought about it and I'm like, no, I, I can see that. Their bull projection was for the ju- playoffs. For the playoffs. The, you know, I won't go into obviously all of them there, but the college football playoff, thank you for correcting me, was Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. And the thing is, is like, I, I don't even know what to think if it's going to wind up being all of this fun and shenanigans. And in the end, it's four of the teams that we've seen the most in the playoffs. I mean, there's a great chance that happens. <laughs> I mean, is would it really shock you? Because if, if Ohio State won the Big Ten championship no. at twelve and one, if if Ohio, if Oklahoma won it at twelve and one or thirteen and zero, Georgia seems like 
they're going to be in. I just, I mean, they've got a somewhat tough game this weekend with Kentucky, but that's the de facto uh, uh, SEC East championship. So they would basically just have to get into the championship undefeated and they're in. I mean, really, you could probably make an argument that Alabama is the shakiest team of those four that, that to get in, maybe Oklahoma. I mean, yeah, yeah, I would say probably Alabama, right? Because they've got to contend with Georgia at some point right. this season. So because they've already got one loss, so if they go and they've, to got the, the, and they've got the loss, yeah, yeah. So if they go into the SEC championship and get beat by Georgia, they would have two losses at that point. Of course, they could pick up a third as well, but you know. So I would say they're pretty iffy. I don't know if people completely trust Oklahoma right now, and I wouldn't blame no, them. No, but you know, the funny thing we talked about there'd be a lot of upsets. It's not just the really good teams getting upset. It's the next tier teams getting upset too, and the next tier down from that getting upset too. So that so knocks all, them out of the playoff as well. That's a really good point. It's all it's even, Steven. It is it is even. See, it always evens out. <laughs> always comes yeah. back to Seinfeld. I mean, like okay, if Ohio State gets in, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna cry into my cereal. If Oklahoma, like each one of these individual teams getting in, does not bother me per se but i would like to see maybe two new teams in for new blood yeah i would love to see two, any two, i don't think I'll, i'm asking too much i'll take one if you give it okay to me. if you give me two i'll take two you give me four i'll take four yeah and of so course if two new ones get in they'll probably be the three and four seed <laughs> of course get pasted by the one and two teams that have already been there and then that's will be our championship but even that even seeing just the new blood coming in and the, and the anticipation for it would be pretty cool. I don't think we're asking too much. I hope it's just something like that. Yeah, beggars can't be choosers. Just give me one, baby. Just give me one. All right. So we will head right into the games now. All of five of these games take place on Saturday, October 16th. First game up, the 6-0, number 10-ranked Michigan State Spartans going into Bloomington, Indiana to take on the 2-3 and three Hoosiers. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game. On FS1, line Sparty by four and a half. Over under 48.5, going to be 60 degrees and dry and nice. Vegas is saying something along the lines of a 27 to 23 Spartans victory. 90% of the bets are on Sparty. Mercy, 90%. Doesn't Doesn't that tip you off to something? I don't know. That's early in the week, public. Uh, so that's an early, that was an early Well, I mean, it's number. only Wednesday now, you know, and I'm pulling these off. Um, I'll be completely honest with you. I don't know exactly how accurate that website is. I mean, it's a gambling website, so I don't know why they would fudge the numbers at all. But anyways. Well, so Indiana was idle last week. They, they got blanked the week before that against Penn State. This is a team that's kind of desperate right now, but I like, I like, a little bit the matchup against Michigan State here, the passing offense that has, you know, it struggled at times. But Michigan State, they give up ton a ton of passing yards. Okay. Don't, so I, I, what, I have, written, what they, I have written down here do. is pretty, pretty much what you're saying. Indiana coming off an idle week, couldn't they figure something out with their pass protection with the offensive well, that's line? that's a problem. And, and like, can can they get something figured out to, to get some offense going? Like, I still mostly have faith in this Hoosier defense. Like, yeah. I think if you matched the Indiana defense up, and it wouldn't even have to be an explosive offense. It would just be an offense that would go on drives to keep their defense off the field a little bit more. I think the off the defensive numbers for Indiana would be a lot better. With that being said, they're not awful. They're 54th in total defense right now. Um, but I, I was expecting this this Hoosier defense to be closer in the thirties or twenties, you know, going into the year. So I don't know. It's just, is there something different that we're going to see? I mean, that's going to be a theme throughout this page. Is there something different we can see from Indiana? Maybe part of the reason their defense is not as good is because their offense hasn't been very good. Yeah, And then they're just desperate at running back right now. Tom Allen even said, look for freshman David Holloman to get some carries this week. And that doesn't help with pass pro. When you got a freshman, that's a great back. point. <laughs> I mean, well, it's... And, and so that is the concern. Or, or... I, that's a concern I have, though. Yep. Uh, them keeping Penix clean, yes, because they can get a, Michigan State can get after, after the quarterback. But for some reason, they just still give up a ton of passing yards. Yeah, so I think that I think... And, I, and I like Michigan State safeties too. It doesn't kind isn't of, that weird? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, speaking of Michigan State, they're going into an idle week 
Um, I've talked to a couple Michigan State fans offline. I mean, you kind of were there too. Like they they are rightfully concerned with this game um, going on the road. But with that being said, I guess like I was a little surprised by the line that's lower than I thought it would be. Yeah. Uh, you know, Indiana's coming off like you already mentioned a, a twenty-four to nothing blanking by Penn State. That 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 is a really poor offensive showing. Now Penn State's got a better defense than Michigan State. I, I don't think we'll tick off too many Michigan State fans when we say that. But with that being said, like you, I don't know. Don't you don't you think that would be a higher spread for the number ten ranked team? Number ten ranked team in the country in Michigan State. I mean, it, it, and that's another thing that kind of tips me off here. Yeah. And that just it Thumbs stuck up. out. It Some was, stinks in Denver. It was a stinker. A yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. then, then I'm also wondering, Michigan State. You know, obviously their passing games have been amazing. Their running game's been amazing, but can the Hoosier cornerbacks, great cornerbacks that the Hoosiers have, slow them down a little bit? I think they have the ability, but the overall health and just general yeah. performance, it, it it hasn't looked good at times. No, it hasn't. Like it's gone missing. It hasn't been the same as we're used to. Um. Yeah, and we kind of touched on a little bit, but like, and, and I'm looking at this purely from a prognosticating me, prognosticating these games, but I, I picked erroneously picked Michigan state to lose last week in an upset to Rutgers. Yep. Am I going to be off a week here? Like, is that potential? Well, I'm here? waiting for that too, because there, at some point I just feel like this team has to come back to earth, but that's also a, little a slap in the face to it is. what is obviously an explosive offense. I oh, yeah. mean, like what, you know, I mean, not to go way deep into the time machine here, but like the first time as a young college football fan that I realized having the three levels of offense, you know, running back, quarterback, wide receiver was good for your offense was the Dallas Cowboys back in the early nineties. You know, okay. you got that with Michigan state. I right. mean, you well, got... I don't mean it to be a slap in the face. Like I, I say down to earth. I'm not, I'm, I don't say that to mean that they're not as good as they are. Okay. I just think they're going to – every every team faces adversity, right? Okay. So when are they going to stumble? So would you just say the same thing about Michigan, Iowa, and Ohio State as well? Well, it's just I, I have more confidence in them from the last few years, I guess. Okay. Because this kind of came out of nowhere. I got gotcha. you. Okay, so that's the basis of yeah. it. Okay, that's interesting. Um, Here's the deal, though. Like, I, I do think Indiana's defense is pretty good. It's it's not good enough to keep this offense oh, off the screen. I don't like, think so. They're just there's too many options out there. Peyton right. Thorne is dealing too well, so that's what makes me nervous. If I'm a Hoosier fan, the next thing that makes me nervous. If I'm a Hoosier fan, we've already kind of touched on it. If you if they're playing from behind, now we are in a position where Penix is going to have to start throwing the ball more. I mean, there there could be there could be a situation where they never can run the ball in the game, which well, means Penix is in a third and long situation a lot. And that has not worked out well. That has not been good for them all year. And now they're going against a team that is averaging four sacks a game. This is one of the very best teams in the country. For me, I just, that, that pass rush for Sparty is too good. Uh, The, the uh, uh, overall offensive explosion from Sparty is too good. That line scares the bejesus out of me. I don't know what it's that low. Even if it was just seven, I would feel better mm-hmm. at seven. With that being said, I, I'm, I'm taking Michigan State okay. in this game. I got Michigan, Michigan State 30, Indiana 20. So that's mm. uh, you know close to a six, five or six-point cover for Michigan State and just a little bit over at 50 points total. Okay, I'm going to go oppo, basically, because that line scared me. The 90% scared me. So I'm going with the Sparty win still, but I think this is a close game. I'm going Michigan State 28, Indiana 27 for an Indiana uh, cover and an easy over. Wow. Okay. There you go. I went. I went Costanza on that one. You went a little Costanza on that one. All right. Next game up, the three and three Rutgers Scarlet Knights coming into Evanston to take on the two and three Northwestern Wildcats. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on Big Ten Network. Line Scarlet Knights by two over under. 45, 60 degrees and nice in Evanston. Vegas says something like a 24 to 21 Rutgers victory. 81% of the bets are on the Rutgers. There are three teams in the Big Ten that are winless in conference play. 
Two of them are playing in this game here this weekend. Well, we're going to break that. Huh? That's exciting. We're going to break that. We're going to, somebody's going to get a there. big win. So here's the thing that stands out to me most. Somebody's going to pop their big cherry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Sorry. This is the thing that stands out to me the most is Northwestern got absolutely embarrassed right in their last game, 56 to 7, last game they played. This is a Fitzgerald coach team. I don't care how bad this team has looked. You give them a week off to prepare. And not only that, first of all, they have a lot of pride. He has a lot of pride. But then you got a team coming in from the East Coast. They're playing on the high plains of Ryan Field <laughs> with the you know grass up to their waist. There's nothing that's going to seem normal about this game no. to the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. So before we concentrate on the whole game, back to the Northwestern points, like this is the internal battle that's going through my head right now with Northwestern, which is... Me and you, it's I. It was kind of a theme before, where you know, scars versus stats. I can't remember how I worded it, but scars versus my eyeballs. I can't remember how I said it, but like, do people like me and you, as an Iowa and Illinois fan, are we still just taking too much into this with Pat Fitzgerald? Sure. Like, because we 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 did see a Pat Fitzgerald coach team two years ago be pretty there, bad. Yeah, there's times when his magic wears off. I, like, have we had enough of a view on the 2021 Northwestern Wildcats where we should just be accepting that's what it is? Okay, in 2019, the season you're referring to, I thought, okay, well, the magic is gone at least this year. And then they thump Illinois at the end of the year. I, I can't forget that game. Yeah, so you even got thumped in the bad year. So correct. Your your stars I'm, are deeper than mine. Correct. Okay. I I understand that, but like... It's like I don't mean this as disrespect to Northwestern. Like I feel like we're we're even with Northwestern struggling at two and three. Can't ever count them. Out. We still we still can see them turning it around. So how would they do it this weekend? I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. No, I'm tired know. of asking the question right. because nobody we'll knows find out when the snap ball snap. Yep. yep. But but Evan Hole, we can count on him. You can count on him. Like he is having. Because there's so many good running backs in the Big Ten, he's going unnoticed, and it's on a two and three team. But like his stats are good. His, his are average good. per carry is phenomenal. Right. That probably of this entire game, that's the thing I think I trust the most is the rushing attack. Yeah, with that's Evan fair. Hull. But we've also seen like Holinsky, the game that he played most of the game, he was serviceable. Yeah, he didn't look bad. Nope, he actually looked okay. I agree. So if they can get if they if he can take care of the ball, I guess then I could see them actually putting together an offensive game plan here. I would think if you're Northwestern right now, you get what you get out of Evan Hole, which could be anywhere from 80 yards to 180 yards. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you can get 200 yards of offense out of your quarterback without turning the ball over, wouldn't you take that right now as a Northwestern fan? Yes, absolutely. And, the, so, and then coming in is Northwestern three up, three down. They need something good to happen. Yeah. So the, the, Okay, let's talk about Rutgers now. The defense has gotten really touched up, but it's been against good competition. Yeah. I mean, we they played two really good teams. Three. Yeah, you're right. Oh, Michigan, that's right. Right, right. I forget. You go back three games. They play, And they actually look pretty good defensively against Michigan. Correct. Michigan-Ohio State, so Michigan I'm, State is a 3 Yeah, I'm not monster. really sure what to think of their defense right now. Yeah. I, I guess I probably maybe I've gotten too low on them. I think maybe you're a little too low and the funny thing is is i think maybe i've remained a little too high on the ruckers offense because yeah. it is struggling right now and um, again we don't know about bo melton we don't know about raekwon neal o'neal i i checked into bo melton chop our guy uh greg shannon doesn't say anything no know, just, so that's not up, but right. he was he was recently seen again still in a sling yeah not, not looking playing. good another another one here Aaron Crookshank is rumored to oh man, are you serious? Be out of this game. Okay, uh, this is this is. There's a reason why this game is on Big Ten Network. I, I don't know if it's going to be the most aesthetically pleasing football contest ever. You brought up the high plains of Northwestern, eleven o'clock kickoff. It sure seems to be looking like that type of game. Okay, I'm ready to give my pick. Yep, go I, for it. I I felt pretty confident about this. Now that we've We've hashed yep. it out a yep. little bit. I feel even more confident. I'm going with not just a Northwestern cover. I'm going with a Northwestern win. The Northwestern Wildcats 23, Rutgers 20 for my Amador double barrel lock of wow. the week 
and that is a 43 total, which is an under. I mean, which you just got to do that in this game, I think. Uh, definitely looked at this under as my double barrel lock of the week okay. pick. Uh, would not blame somebody if they put some shekels down on that. Well, I don't know. I don't know if great minds think alike, but maybe a little bit better than mediocre minds think alike. I also got Northwestern winning here too. I was already on the fence. And when I heard Aaron Cruikshank is out because I thought that could be the X factor for uh, Rutgers. But like you said, flying halfway across the country on a three game losing streak. I love me some Shiano, but there's also a good coach on the other side. I've got Northwestern 20 Rutgers 17. So at 37, that's quite a bit under the 45 point total. Next game up, the 3-2 Purdue Boilermakers coming into Iowa City to take on the 6-0 number two ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. This is a 2.30 p.m. game on ABC. Line Hawks by 11.5 over under 43. Going to be gorgeous in Iowa City. 70 degrees and sun. Vegas is saying something along the lines of a 27-17 Iowa win. 62% of the bets are on the Hawks. Iowa coming into this game with the second longest win streak in the country. Purdue has lost two in a row. So why am I nervous about this game, Kirk? Why are you nervous? Because... Maybe Kirk Ferentz is one and three against Jeff Brown. Could that yeah. be why you're nervous? That could have something. To maybe do because it. they have David Bell on on their sideline. I knew it. Is it is it maybe because although David Bell has been banged up, he's just got a a week of rest. Could be in his idle week, not his bye week. Could yeah. any of those things be factoring into it? Iowa coming off a emotional big game letdown. That, that's afterwards. another good one. Like these aren't fan tropes. These are. These are real things <laughs> that people need to look at when they're picking these games. Hey, I'll give you another one. Riley okay. Moss, injured, right? Riley Moss He's is not going to be playing this week, I don't think. Correct. Riley Moss is out. I and, would... I, and I like Terry Roberts, the backup, but sure. I'd rather have Riley, Riley Moss and all his starts playing. So it's another thing to look Absolutely. at Absolutely. Um, like, so the whole thing for me is like styles make the fight type of stuff. I mean, I think we've talked about it on this podcast before. Like when... Iowa has had such a good record since in the last four or five years with Coach Ferentz under uh, against PJ Fleck, excuse me, against Scott Frost and Nebraska. Like there, I think there's a reason behind that. You know, Iowa State as well. Okay, sure. Then you flip it around to Purdue. Not as good of a record. The the players have changed. The coaching staff and philosophies have remained. Yeah, there has to be something there. Part of what I wonder if it is, is because the whole mantra of the Iowa team, uh, defense for sure, but I would say the whole team, is to stop the run and run the ball, okay? Mm, yeah. When the team kind of doesn't even care right. to run the ball, <laughs> is that what it is? Is that the monkey okay. wrench that gets thrown in? And, and it's like it's like the whole you know, breakdown of what Iowa wants to do in, in a game like this is off. I don't know. Okay. It's, it's kind of a well, kind of more of a conspiracy theory than anything I no. can 100% point to, but there's something there. So I like that. I'm, I'm curious, though. This is a little bit different Purdue team than we've seen the last few years. Like, they're better defensively. I mean, amazing. I, I What they have done, I think that's like one of the under-the-radar big surprises of the Big Ten this year is how well the Purdue defense is playing. But also, their offense is not putting up that many points. Literally, first line I have here is, Purdue is not nearly as good as I thought they would be offensively coming into the year. With that being said, the Purdue football team is better than I thought they would be. No doubt. You you wouldn't think those two things would correlate, especially with the philosophy of the head coach with Jeff Brom. But... The, the three-headed monster of the defensive coordinators, they're obviously doing... They've done something a, a, right. I a mean, pretty good job. This look, is a pretty good defense. Look, we poo-pooed the three coordinators, but yeah. it's working. It, it, is, it is working. I mean, we're f- they're five games into the season. I think yeah. there's proof enough. It's, also, it's actually, Purdue, another thing, Purdue is coming off an idle week as well. Right. So, I mean, the whole team and... Boy, I, they're they're you you don't think they're heading into Iowa City excited to take down the second-ranked team in the country. Absolutely. Yeah. They're ready. Um, um, so then, how are we going to do that? The big question, again, this is yet another <laughs> fan base that you reach out to. So who's going to start at quarterback? We don't know. Um, I would think, so it's either Aiden O'Connell or, or Jack Plummer. 
one would think you would err away from Aiden O'Connell. Yes. He's got a four touchdown to five interception ratio. This doesn't seem to be the defense that you want to throw caution to the wind and throw into. So I would think it would be Jack Plummer. I would think so too. The safer quarterback that has the ability to sit back and potentially find those holes in the zone that that Iowa leads open. I would think so too. I I, I was thinking the exact same thing. And okay, so I want to talk about their passing offense versus Iowa's passing defense. Tom Fernelli tweeted this out. Iowa has an interception percentage of 7.1 on the passes thrown against their defense. So 7.1% of the passes thrown against the Iowa defense this year have been intercepted. That's crazy. Which sounds pretty good, right? The national average is 2.7%. So so they're playing. So, you know, if if their strategy is to do what you were saying right there, that may play right into the, you know, the hands of the Iowa Hawkeyes. So stay away from that if you're Jeff Brown. But then you can't run the ball. Right. You can't rely on just running the ball. So maybe that's how we've gotten to this 11.5 point spread, which, you know, I'll hint at right now, I I think is too high. Um, But there you go. Maybe it's a, uh, okay, we understand the Purdue-Iowa matchups of recent years, but maybe this Iowa defense is a notch better than even past Iowa defense, taking the ball away even a notch better because of that. Is that something that just swings in Iowa's favor against Purdue that much? Like, Because the other thing, too, that and, and talking to Purdue fans, the, one of the biggest issues with the Purdue offense is red zone offense. Like yeah. David Bell goes right. missing, kind of everybody goes missing. Uh, by the way, well, we I mean, don't know if Peyton Durham is is Peyton Durham's going to play. Like okay. he is iffy as well. Uh, Brown said he was optimistic, but it's not a definite thing right now. I mean, that's a huge tight end tar- or uh, red zone target for them. Um, but with that being said, I, I will continue to be scared of David Bell until he is out of a Purdue uniform. I hope no no offense Purdue fans, but I hope to God this is the last time I have to face. Purdue because the or David Bell, excuse me. But the thing that like to continue on a little bit with what you said, you know, not turning the ball over, not throwing into the teeth of this defense because that's what I will want you to do. But does that also go against what Jeff Brom is like? Yes. He is aggressive all the time. No, he's, he's like, he's going to throw the ball and, and, and aggressively. Yes. Which is going to play into one of my picks here. Okay. I mean, it is possible that you could see, Iowa losing this game by a touchdown or oh, more. It wouldn't. Or suffi- Iowa winning this game by three touchdowns or yes. more. Yes, yes. I mean, I think if Iowa, they're loses, all all of this is on the table. Yeah. Okay. But okay, so I agree with you. The line is way too high. I do think Iowa's too much right now. They have too much mo- momentum. I know there's all that stuff going against them, but I still think they win the game. So I'm picking Iowa 27, Purdue 20, and I'm picking the over. Because of the Iowa defense, I mean they're going to have to throw. So you got to, I mean you got to expect like a, a pick or two putting the Iowa offense in a good position to score. So I think that's what pushes it over for me. Yeah, I that general feel of the game that you just explained. That's pretty much how I feel too. I feel like the biggest plays in in the game are going to come from Purdue hitting a play to David Bell. It's going to happen. Just accept it, Iowa fans. This is not going to be a game where you get to chill out and relax Saturday afternoon and into the evening. This is going to be a butt clencher this entire time. Iowa's going to make some big plays on defense themselves. I can I can smell a special teams play coming yeah. from Charlie Jones or something like sure. that. Those will be the big plays. It'll be enough for Iowa, but Iowa 24 Purdue 20 thought about making Purdue my Amador lock double barrel lock of the week. And at 44 points total, I got just over Mm. the 43 points for the game. The eyes on big podcast is sponsored by the Amador whiskey company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique, creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip neat or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall on game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California, and as always, hashtag ask for Amador. Had a couple more ask for Amador tweets this week, people showing us the new bottles. Going to be more and more getting distributed out in the upper Midwest. I can't wait, man. It's a beautiful whiskey. Beautiful bourbon. 
All right, next game up, you already had a uh, Scarlet Knight. How about a Black Knight here? The 4-1 and one Army Black Knights coming into Cheeseland to take on the 2-3 and three Badgers. This is a 7 o'clock p.m. game on Big Ten Network. Line Badgers by 14 over under 39, baby. You know how rare it is to get under 40 for an over under. I mean, I'm so excited about this total. First of all, I'm excited about all the totals this week. Do you see how much they've come down? Well, because some of the best offenses in the Big Ten are not well, playing good this point. weekend. But, but I mean, yeah, there, yeah. there's there no, are. there's none over 50 this no, week. No, they're they are coming down. Yeah, they are coming down. Yeah, uh, going to be real warm and nice in in uh, Madtown this weekend. Vegas is saying something along the lines of 27 to 13 Badgers bets split right down the nice. middle. Uh, this is our very last Big Ten versus non-Big Ten matchup of the 2021 okay. season until we get to the bowl season. Uh, here's a stat to start it out. This is from Ben Kenny at Ben Z Kenny, K-E-N-N-E-Y. Total touchdown passes entering Saturday's matchup between Wisconsin oh, and man. Army. Army Black Knights four, Wisconsin Badgers three. Wow. And completely specific option offense that doesn't even attempt to throw the ball except for a complete misdirection, has more touchdown passes than Wisconsin. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about some stats for these Black Knights. Very good Black Knight team, by the way. They're they're four and one. one. As you you said, they throttled Georgia State, a good Georgia State team. They beat Western Kentucky, though they did give give up a lot of points. But they scored a lot. (laughs) But they scored a lot. They throttled UConn. Everybody does. They beat Miami, Ohio. They lost a pretty good Ball State team. Last week. Yes, just last week. But yep. I want I want to I want to t- tell you some stats. The quarterback room for the Black Knights on the season is 16 of 33 passing for 348 yards and four touchdowns. They the, so they have they've had everybody and their brother carry the ball. If you look at the list of everyone that's carried the ball, yep. of course. So it's like it's not even a running back by committee. It's running back by team basically. Yeah, so yeah. you'll see all kinds of guys. I mean, it's a wing back. It's a running back. They put another running back in. They they run one wing back to the left, one wing back. That's, that's how Army does it, man. All right. So their their leading receiver <laughs> yep. on the season, Isaiah Alston, is his name. Okay. Three receptions, seventy five yards, one touchdown. Their big play threat receiving the ball. Is is running back? Let's see, uh, Brian Murphy, and he has two receptions for seventy-two yards right, and two baby. touchdowns. Yeah, both of his catches. And he, but he's a running back. He's and their third leading receiver also running back. Dude, I, I like. I have to admit, I. I need to watch more Service Academy football. I need to find. I, it I love more it often. when I get like, when I get the time like, to watch it. I just yes. love it. Like now that this is the game that's going to be on at night. I mean, you know, I'll I'll have another game on toggle, but I can't wait to watch this game. Oh, it's to going be to be awesome. With you. Because the other side of it too is nobody can run on Wisconsin, right? But we are talking about more typical rushing attacks, like right. They're- a lot of a lot of offenses. If they run the ball on first down and they get stuffed versus a Wisconsin defense, which happens all the time because Wisconsin's defense overall is amazing, but their rush defense is elite. It is incredible. Yeah. So they get stuffed and they're looking at second nine. They try to throw the ball. You think Army's going to throw the ball on second nine? No. They're going right back to the rushing attack. So that's one thing. The other side of it, just the different X's and O's. Like this is what Army practices for. All the time, they're built for. I mean, this a is game. This, this is, is why, an intriguing game. It is, and this is why, if you're Wisconsin, I would just hate scheduling this game. Can't imagine because, how annoyed I'd be at this game if I was a Badger fan. Like you said, they're used to scheming against traditional running games. Would it really surprise you that much if they broke off like 200 yards? Army and let's say still lost the game, but like actually was able to move the ball on the ground and the Badgers. Let's do it again. What do you set the over under at for rushing yards? I mean, it's got. I mean, this is the epitome of immovable object versus unstoppable force. Because if you only let's say you go like one twenty five, then you're talking about they're only going to gain one hundred seventy five yards in the game, right? Bingo. Is do you think? I mean, I think it's probably going to be around there, right? One twenty five. Yeah, somewhere in that. I'm going to go over. Okay. So if you're setting it at one twenty five, yeah. I think it's going to be closer to one in the one forty to one sixty range. Okay. But, but if would it they surprise get it, you if they hit 200? No, it would not. Yeah, me either. I mean, it would surprise me a little, 
But if any team on their schedule is going to get right. to the 200 mark, you would think it would be Army. Okay, now here's the thing. Army gives up passing yards. They do. But Wisconsin, we I know. know. That's why we're getting to the 39 <laughs> point over This under. is going to be such a grind, and I'm going to love every second of I'm it. I'm going to love every second of this. Um, more on Wisconsin. So, I mean, it looked like there was some offensive line stuff that got figured out last yeah, week. for sure. I don't think that was just about Illinois' inability to tackle and get to the quarterback last week. I think there was more going on. And have good players. <laughs> um, che Louis and Braylon Allen are going to be the one-two punch yeah, for the rest of the year. I, I, think I think they've established that. Yep. Like, to me, it just everything just looked right, didn't it? It looked more Wisconsin-like. So then my thought process is, is this going to be the game that then the passing attack, I'm not saying explodes for... 300 yards and three touchdowns. I'm not expecting that, but, but seriously, 200 yards and two touchdowns through the air would blow the top off of this football game. Absolutely. It would it surprise you that much. It wouldn't surprise me because we we don't have elite athletes around the outside for army. No, like, right. This is one of the times where good, but not great elite talented wide receivers will have a physical advantage. Does that, Calm Graham Mertz down, and he touches them up through the air. It could happen. I, could, I could easily happen. I wonder if we walk away from this game saying, "Oh, that's right. This is Wisconsin. So I'm that was Army." I think there's a possibility of but that. But you know happening. what? That that number is just too much fun to go over. <laughs> so I'm gonna go. I, I do have Wisconsin winning the game, but I have it a little closer. I have Wisconsin 24 to 13. So that's an Army cover. And at 37, that's an under. I am almost the exact same. Okay. I have got Wisconsin 24, Army 9. Okay. Uh, so that's 33 points. That's six points. Now, with these with these over-unders with Service Academy games, you take under a ton. So like if like a lot of times they'll be set maybe closer to like 43 or something like that. They don't go to 28. Like they go to 40, but like there's times where you're never that nervous that they're going to go over because getting that extra touchdown, it just doesn't happen. Right. So I think that's mostly what we see here. And man, let's have some fun here, right? When am I ever going to be able to bet an under ever again on this podcast, potentially? So at 39 points with my 33, I'm going to make that my Amador double barrel lock of the week. Wow, that's bold, man. Yeah, let's do I it. I like it. Have, some, it. Fun, have baby. some fun, baby. The only bad news about that is if... If, you know, Wisconsin just has the right scheme and can pass on them, your under could be done by halftime. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is Supercrawl, when I put a tweet out that said how beautiful I thought this this uh, over-under was, Supercrawl put out, you got to bet on it because either you hit it or you get to tell people that you bet on it. Which was you get to tell them a story. Which is a fantastic line. I, I honestly an, think that's fantastic. I won an under 39 one time. And it was fun. or I bet on the under 39. That was fun. Yeah. You, you know, you make fun of yourself a little bit. Sure. But you, if you win it and it's your lock of the week. Now, that's a story. That's so much fun. All right. That brings us to the big 10 game of the week. The three and four Nebraska Cornhuskers coming up to our neck of the woods to take on the three and two Minnesota Golden Gophers. This is an 11 o'clock a.m. game on ESPN two line Huskers by three and a hook. Over or under 48, going to be 60 degrees and gorgeous in the metro area here. Vegas is saying something like a 27 to 23 Nebraska win. 87% of the bets are on the Huskers. We've got the organic trophy, the bits of broken chair trophy online this weekend. Yeah, the $5 bits of broken chair trophy. So this is a... Uh, I don't know, fairly new trophy, I guess yeah. you'd call it. A little bit contrived trophy, but there's actually a charity behind it. And and by the way, it's not a charity. It's a chair itty. Oh, Get it? Oh. Yeah, it's a charity. Never put that together. So go look these guys up on Twitter. They're at Chair Trophy. Great handle. Amazing handle. Don't know how they pulled that one off. But you can find them online at BrokenChairTrophy.com. And so it's a fundraiser. Uh, so you can you go to the website. You can donate as a Husker fan or as a Gopher fan, right? And it's a competition. Like, who can who can raise the most money? And there's two different charities. If you're donating for the Huskers, it's uh, at Team Jack. It's it's a, a child's uh, 
Cancer Foundation. And then if you're donating to the Minnesota side, it's for the Minnesota University of Minnesota um, Masonic Children's Hospital. Okay. So it, I, I think the goal is $20,000, and they're getting really close. So please go and donate. And, and yes, $5 Bits of Broken Chair trophy I donated today. Okay. So please go in and do so. So who did you donate for? I don't want to answer that question. So what I'm going to do <laughs> is I will flip a quarter and donate to one. Because, okay. I, I mean, they're both rivals here, so I'm not going to pick a... Okay. I'm an Iowa fan. I'm not going to pick a side here. I'll confess. Yeah. I, I uh, Here's who I donated to. I donated to Minnesota because okay. the, the the Fairview Hospital system was a customer at my last job. I was a gotcha. customer now. So I'm okay. like, okay, I'll just... It was more, it more it had nothing to do with teams, more to do with the hospital. I will then, in that case, donate to Nebraska. So the Eyes on Big podcast is now evenly uh, uh, donated across for the $5 Bits of Broken Chair trophy. Oh, there work, you go. I think, there you go. Good? Let's do that. Okay, let's do that. Interesting that it's such a nice, heartfelt trophy because these two fan bases have been warring for even before this week. Even last week, they started getting after each other a little bit. It's it's been organic in many different ways for the when these two teams get together. And this is my favorite rivalry slash non rivalry in the Big Ten. It is up there. I like think the, the, I, you talk you ask any non Big Ten fan about this game and like, oh no, that's not a rivalry. But then if you if you're really a Big Ten fan, this is a rivalry. It probably helps that me and you are obviously dug in like a wood tick when it comes to getting to know these fan bases. Um, we're on Twitter. We live in Minnesota. So there's a ton of reasons why we know this. But if you're a Big Ten East fan and you're still listening to this portion of the podcast, dig into it because these two have gotten after each other. I think the two coaching staffs are not especially fond yes, of correct. each other. I don't think there's lots of good feelings going on between these two. Last year is another chapter in that where, or two years ago when it was up here, uh, Minnesota really kind of took it to Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, it was chilly, but not that chilly. That's when the hooded sweatshirt oh, yeah. thing came out. That's been part of it. Now last year going down, Minnesota brought a lot of, Un, you know, injured players. A lot of people were missing in this game. Everybody, including me, thought Nebraska was going to kind of walk away with that game. Minnesota surprised them again. Could we be looking for that again, where this sure seems to be a situation where even though Nebraska is coming off a loss, they seem to have more momentum than Minnesota, even oh, no. though they're coming off of a win? Am I making that up or no, does it feel like that? And I, they're favored by three and a half points here. No, I absolutely think that Nebraska is the team with the momentum right now. I think that it's, it's so weird. Is it, I don't but isn't college football weird? Minnesota has won one game in a row. Nebraska has lost one game in a row. We both believe that Nebraska has more. Momentum. I just do. I, I, what I see with my eyes when I watch Nebraska is a really good team. Obviously they have, they struggle winning those close games, but I'd see them getting better, too, throughout the year. I mean, this is not the same team that played Illinois in Week Zero. Right. And I wonder if some part of the not-so-fresh feeling for Minnesota is because, I mean, we lost Mo Ibrahim Week yeah. 1. Trey Potts filled Boy. in admirably, and yeah. now he's gone. Like, that is one of the secret things about football. And I, I would say any level of it, but I don't know. It's focusing on college football. Injuries are bad. But when you have injuries at one position, yeah. it is almost impossible to replace those people at this level. And I just think that has the potential to really sting Minnesota here. Yeah, it does. And obviously there was a, a drop from Mo down to Trey Potts, even though Trey did a great job. But I think from Trey Potts down to Marquis serving Cam Wally, Bryce Williams is another drop. I think you're you're gonna see that. Like um, I think Bucko Irving, I people are very excited yeah, about he, the, the he's future, young though. But you know, and maybe with them, like if if they were gonna have to find out about Trey Potts going into an idle week was a good time to do it. They're they're taking a lot of mental reps on top of physical reps for the past two weeks. Pass pro will play into that. Another thing to to look at. So this this is going to be about as half glass half full as I can be with this, but just just work with me here and you, you tell me if I'm crazy. But, okay, Minnesota's 3-2. and two. They don't have a losing record. I know. And they're actually in second place in the Big Ten West. And they've got a bowl game right in their sights. Okay. Now, I know this didn't happen, but, like, 
if they just beat Bowling Green, even if they beat oh, them gosh, could you imagine? 13 to 10. Then their only loss is Ohio State. And they'd be 4-1. and one. Yeah. Like, they and they still had a chance to beat Bowling Green at the end. But like, it's weird because they've played so poorly at times, especially offensively in the passing game. It's just... But if they just don't go for that fourth and one on their side of the field right. versus Bowling Green... Are we talking about a four and one Minnesota team that still feels kind of confident? So then, or even if they were a three and two team, but the loss was to, I don't know, Iowa or Penn State, you know, a good team. You know what I mean? Like then right. the three and two wouldn't feel so bad. Sure. I really feel like ninety five percent of the stink that is that 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 I think Minnesota fans are feeling is just from that one game. Yeah, but that could have also just exposed things that are really true and actually there. But they beat Purdue, and we both yeah. just said 20 minutes ago that we think Purdue's That's a, good a point. pretty good team. They did kind of rebound against Purdue. I don't know. It's, it is. And then so, the other thing I like to point out, too, is it's been a on-again, off-again. So lose versus Ohio State, win. Lose versus Bowling Green, win. They got their off week last week. After a, they won, their oh, off week was... Maybe so they're skipping they, it. They, they, maybe they're skipping their bad so performance. here's the thing about Nebraska. I talk about bowl game for Minnesota. I mean, we're kind of at desperation time for, for Nebraska. They still have a bowl game in their sights. They can still do that. If they win this, they got Purdue next week. And then, I mean, anything can happen, I think, in that Iowa game in the last week. So it's kind of, it's kind of desperation mode for them. And we know, you don't think so? No, it's, I'm, I'm just You listening. have to win this game. You do if have you to want win. to make to if you want to make a bowl game, I think you have to win this game. I I would think you probably just puckered up a lot of GBR bungholes a little bit right there because I because you still got I wasn't thinking about it along those lines like again going under the they have a lot of momentum it sure feels like they're going to get to three more wins and get to a bowl game but if you fall to three and and five. You're right. You're you're you you darn near have to win out. Okay, and so, they still have. Okay, they have Purdue, they have Ohio State, Wisconsin, Iowa, and and I didn't touch on it as much as I planned to, but <laughs> let's say Wisconsin comes away from this game this weekend and they look really good. Now look up Wisconsin's schedule. It is not crazy to think that Wisconsin goes on something like a five to one kick oh. at the end of the year, it which is would be not, so Wisconsin. It is not crazy. And one of those games that would be in here is the Nebraska team that we're right. talking about. With that being said, the stuff that you feel good about 2 a.m. Um, well, so yeah, nobody's that, really shut him down yet. So that's kind of what I'm getting at is I, I know that he's a big, you know, big part of their running game, but I feel like they're just going to lean on him more and more as in games like this, especially. And he's got to stay healthy. He's got to stay healthy. But I'm what I'm saying is I think they'll probably use him a little more, and then that they'll have success doing so because of that. Yeah, I mean, basically, if you gave me two things uh, with two a.m. for the rest of the year, number one with a bullet, he stays healthy, and number two, he just doesn't fumble. I'll even take a pick. Sure, the fumbles is, is yeah. the timing of the fumbles. Sure, they would win a ton of games yep. for for the rest of the year. Now that's coulda, shoulda, woulda a lot for how this goes, but I still have a lot of faith in the Nebraska offense moving the ball, but this is a good Minnesota defense. This is a Minnesota right. defense that is, is better. The other side of it too is uh, Nebraska lost their starting right tackle, true freshman, Prashuka, I think. Sorry, Nebraska okay. fans. I, I know I'm close with that, but he looked good when he stepped in. Then he went out last week versus Michigan. So now they're kind of back to the shuffled offensive line that wasn't looking so good. How does that offensive line especially struggle in pass pro? And mm-hmm. now you got number 34, yeah. Boye Mafe. Pennoneers back. That, I mean, I still don't think Boye Mafe is a complete football player, sure. but he's going to get drafted somewhat high because they just love pass rush specialists in the NFL. And that's what we got here. Boye Mafe could wind up being a big part of this game. But I also do have faith with the with the uh, Minnesota defense to just overall play pretty good defense in this game. Yeah, I do as well. So one of the things that's going to play into my my pick on the total is, is there any more appropriate game for just crazy special teams plays to happen than <laughs> this one right it. here? You beat me to it. Like... Or, if or it, even like, defensive, it's like just crazy, nutty defense, nutty special teams, something, something. But like I say, if I the the maybe the best I could statement I could ever make on this podcast to to 
tighten up all the bungholes of the of the fan bases listening for this. But I see a tight game and a defensive battle with this coming down to special teams. Okay. So who is more scared right. about that statement, Minnesota fans or Nebraska fans? I do not know. Okay, so I'm going to go... Um, I think it's a good game. Close okay. game. I, I'm with you. But I just like Nebraska's momentum right now. I like their team overall better right now. I'm, I'm picking Nebraska to win, but only 28-27. to 27, So that's a 55 total and an easy over. Over. Okay. Um, I'm feeling a little bit tighter game. I still have some faith in Minnesota's uh, defense. I think they'll look good on passing downs that will stall some offensive drives out of Nebraska. Okay. Um, I see a turnover out of Nebraska, yep, stalling a sure. drive, taking points off the board on the other side of it. Still have faith in Nebraska's defense as well. Um, they'll give up some yards, but how are we going to get these yards in this game? I and mean, we wouldn't even talk about Tanner Morgan and the passing attack. Yeah. I still think it's there, but it yeah. just hasn't seemed to click Something's been this year. And then you take the running backs out of the rotation where I'm not saying there's not talent there, but it has not been able to develop yet. So I feel like this will be a tighter, lower scoring game, but kind of along the same lines you said with some of the more of the more easily touched on momentum being with Nebraska. So I've got Nebraska 24, Minnesota 17. So at 41, mm. I'm, 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 you're a touchdown over. Okay. I'm a touchdown under the 48, 48 point total. Well, that's fun. Can't wait to see what happens. Not the most marquee matchup of games, but this it's a week. fun one. I, okay. You'd be, I, I think if you, if you just scratch under the surface yeah. a little bit, like Purdue, Iowa is intriguing because of the history. Yes. Uh, Michigan State in uh, Indiana is intriguing. And we did falls on the schedule. You know, we forgot to mention it's the Brass Platoon game. Brass Platoon game. That's a rivalry well. game. Got a rivalry game yeah. there. The Wisconsin game because of, you know, the rushing attack. I don't know what to say about the uh, Northwestern game. That, that one Rutgers was game. maybe not top center list. And then, you know, Nebraska, Minnesota, what we just broke down. So, all right, you good? Yes, sir. I'm Jeffrey DeGree. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.